Let's pray together, and then we'll interact with Scripture. Father, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you for the relationship we have with you, giving us your word. As we interact with your word and seek to live in light of it, we want to be doers and hearers of your word for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. The world in which we live is basically the complete opposite of the kingdom of God. Christ calls his disciples, his followers, to radical living. Christ's followers will be misunderstood. I would like for you to see a contrast between the world and between Christ. The world says you can. Christ says you cannot. The world says it's all about self. Christ says it's God's glory. The world says have an agenda. God says give up on your agenda. The world talks about takers. Christ talks about extending grace. The world emphasizes the fact that people are to be consumers. God talks about the fact that there would be worshipers. The world emphasizes independence. Christ emphasizes hopeless or helpless dependency. The world says store up. Christ says give away. The world says adults depend upon self. Christ says adults depend on others. The world includes all religions. Christ is tied in with biblical Christianity. Two weeks ago, we discussed Mark 10, 13 through 16, which clearly communicates that a sinner comes into the kingdom of God through helpless dependency. The believer in Christ is to live daily in helpless dependency upon Christ. Helpless dependency is the norm for Christians. Last week, we looked at the account of the rich man, or began to look at the account of the rich man who came to Jesus, and his question was, what must I do? You know, to inherit eternal life. And Jesus said to him, go sell what you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me, encouraging the man to helpless dependency. Let's turn to Mark 10, reading together verses 13. Through 22. Mark 10, 13 through 22. Mark 10 and verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, will never enter it. And he took the child in his arms and put his hands on them and blessed them. 
As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Light of the flow of Mark, the rich man, is one who would not come to God as a little child. He wanted to maintain his wealth. And this morning we want to consider what it looks like in day-by-day living to live out helpless dependency. What does helpless dependency look like? That is a helpless dependency upon Christ. And we could think about reconciliation. Got some things out of whack here, I think. But we could think about salvation and what is involved in salvation. Don't mind what's in PowerPoint at this moment. When we come to regeneration, we come to reconciliation. We come to a creator God. We come to him acknowledging sin and the fact that we have to respond to God's grace as demonstrated in Christ. We repent of our sin. We say, I can do nothing about my sin. I have to trust in another. That is what Christ has done. And we exercise faith in Christ. That's helpless dependency and salvation. Let's turn over to Colossians chapter 2, thinking along the same line. Colossians chapter 2. Paul is writing to the believers in Colossae. He is writing to say, Christ is it. Apparently the teaching in Colossae was, you come to God and you go through a series of beings and Christ is one of those series of beings. And Paul says, no, it's Christ alone. Colossians 2 and verse 6. Colossians 2 and verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Notice he says, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord. We receive Christ by faith. He is saying to the Colossians, now live in the same way. We receive Christ in helpless dependency. In the same way, live day by day. We don't come to faith in Christ in one way and then live another way. Rather, both involve 
in Christ. If we're going to have a relationship with God, it's because of in Christ. In 24-7 daily living, it's in Christ. We come to faith in Christ, into a relationship with Christ, there's helpless dependency. And the same is true in 24-7 living. Romans 1 through 11 talks about coming into a relationship with Christ. Romans 12 through 16 talk about living out that relationship. Ephesians 1, 2, 3 talk about coming into a relationship with God through Christ. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 talk about living it out. Colossians 1 and 2 talk about coming into a relationship with Christ. Colossians 3 and 4 talk about living it out. But it's all in helpless dependency. There's a contrast between helpless dependency and independence. Helpless dependency is I can't. Independence is I can. Helpless dependency is a responding, a resting in Christ. Independence is try and do. Helpless dependency is, I need help. Independence is, I can do it. Helpless dependency is, God's glory. Independence is, my glory. Helpless dependency deals with the kingdom of God. Independence is the kingdom of darkness. In daily, moment-by-moment living, how do we live out this helpless dependency? First of all, Admit helpless dependency. Admit it. Unless we admit it, we tend to be self-sufficient and not fruitful. Okay, I get up this morning. I'm supposed to go to church. I'm going to teach Sunday school class. I'm going to preach in the morning. I'm going to preach at night. I think I can handle this, God. No. I was laying in bed and then get up and came down here to church. I said, Lord, you know, I I can't. I can't be fruitful today. I can go through the motions. I may appear to do the right thing, but I can't be fruitful. It's Christ in me. He is my life. This week, went to the surgeon, and if you notice in the prayer guide, it's supposed to have surgery tomorrow, hernia surgery, in and out type deal. And my, I went to the surgeon with this mindset, maybe the middle of March I'll go for surgery. And he said, you can go either tomorrow, which is February 24th, or you can go March 24th. I didn't like either one. 
I wanted something about halfway between because I had some things I wanted to get done. And I said to Ruth Ann, this isn't going to work out. Well, he said, decide. You know, you can tell the nurse later. And Ruth Ann, these are Ruth Ann's words to me. She said, Dan, you really changed your mind quickly on that. See, I had my mind made up. And the Spirit of God worked in me, and I acknowledged, I can't handle this. i got to give up my demand. And she said, within a few minutes, you were saying, let's go with February 24th. That's fine. She said, it's the Spirit of God. I can't. And you say, well, that's a minor thing. Minor or major, admit our helplessness. And then acknowledging sufficiency in Christ. He is our life. He is my life. In Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, he talks about all that we have in Christ, the redemption, the forgiveness, the adoption, the justification, and so on. Christ is our life. And then the issue of put off and put on. In our belief, in our attitude, in our thinking, you know, in our motive and just our overall action. We put off, we put on, and that's action. And I will give you an example in just a few moments. See, what God basically does, he says, I want you to drive this car. He says the car is functional, there's gasoline in it, it is running, it's ready to go. All you have to do is get in the car, put it in gear, and drive. He says, you're in Christ. I've given you all the resources you need to live godly and responsive to God. Now it's your responsibility to respond to that. Let's work through a couple examples. Many of us will either go to school or work tomorrow morning. So we get up tomorrow morning, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to work, you're going to do things around the house. And your thinking is, I can't be fruitful today in and of myself. I'm helplessly dependent upon Christ. But my life is in Christ. So as I go to work today, I want to work pleasing to Christ. As I go to work today, I want to respect my boss. As I go to work today, I want to respect other workers. As I go to work today, I'm working as unto God, not merely for a paycheck. But I can't do that in and of myself. It's Christ who is my life. That's the putting off and the putting on of Romans 12, 1 and 2. That's living with Christ as your life, Colossians 3, 1 through 4. That's walking worthy of your calling, Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. You're thinking, you're putting off, and then as you go to work, you go to school and you're sitting there in class and the teacher gives some homework that you really don't like, and it goes through your mind, you don't say it, but it goes through your mind, and the Spirit of God kind of says, that's not very good, is it? You say, ah, that's right. I'm supposed to listen and work as unto the Lord. See, that's the Spirit living in helpless dependency. You get to work and the boss says, uh, 
you're going to be doing something a little bit different today, and you think, ah, I don't like this. About 30 seconds later, you think, you know, not to be doing this is on to God. <laughs> I can't do this on to God with that kind of attitude. So that's helpless dependency. See, living the Christian life is not grinning and bear that which we don't like. It's living in helpless dependency and saying, God, producing me a joy, a gentleness, and a patience. Well, you say, it doesn't change what I do. I still go to the job and I still do what I'm supposed to do. The attitude of your heart is worlds apart. One, I'm unable. The other, I'm able in Christ. See, in our daily lives, things come into life that we don't plan on. And the Spirit works in us. So I was working in a Eckerd's drugstore in Tennessee when I was in college. And I remember the day I was doing some mopping in the area where you could buy your soda, etc. And my boss said to me, hey, Dan, come out here. And he took me in the back room and we went through the back room and we went out to the dumpster and he says, Dan, it's your job now to crawl on that dumpster. Here's what I want you to find. Something got thrown in there by mistake. I won't. You're fired. Or sure, I'll do it. No problem. See, I don't have a lot of time to think about, did I? I said, okay, you want me to crawl on the dumpster? Get it? Fine, no problem. That's how I responded. That's the Spirit of God at work. That's Christ's life was in me and at work at that time. And my response, I didn't have time to ponder that. I didn't argue with him. I did it. It wasn't the nicest job to do. I'm working on to God, and the boss says, crawl into the dumpster and find it. And I could have said, you idiot, why would you allow that to get thrown in there? No, the Spirit produces Take another example along a little different train of thought. The whole issue of forgiveness. I think all of us have been hurt at times along the way. Someone has hurt us. Maybe not physically, but in a relationship we have been hurt. And we have a natural tendency when we're hurt to get revenge. And how we get revenge? We just nurse that in our mind. We massage it. Oh, that's really a dirty thing they did, wasn't it? They came to me and asked for forgiveness, but I'm not going to give them forgiveness. Boy, I hope God gets them. That was really dirty. I hope they get the same thing I did. And we just nurse that. And someone comes up to you and says, uh, did you ever forgive so-and-so? Oh, I'm not going to forgive them. You claim to be a believer? Yeah. Do you know what scripture says? I think so, but I'm not going to respond. The scripture says you're to forgive as Christ forgave you. I can't. And the person says in return to you, good, that's a good place to be. If you admit you can't, that's true, you can't. 
But Christ is your life, and you can choose to forgive because Christ is your life. And then you think, you know, Christ is my life. God forgave me all my sins. And I've been carrying this bitter spirit for days. And with Christ as my life, I will choose right now to get up and get in my car, and I'm going to go see this person. I'm going to say I've carried a bitter spirit towards you. And there's another believer confronted me. And I said, I can't forgive. And they said, good, you can't. But Christ is your life, and in Christ you can. And I'm here to tell you I will forgive you and ask your forgiveness for having a bitterness towards you. See, that's Christ is our life. See, when we think we can't do something, we can't. And that's why Paul says this is the life you have in Christ. Another example. We fear sharing Christ sometimes. Oh, I might get made fun of if I talk to that student, if I talk to this coworker, or I talk to my neighbor about Christ. And an open door is there, but we're just hesitant. We're afraid. We're living with Christ as our life. You think, you know, I'm, I'm a chicken. That's a good place to be. Because God works in chickens. Not physical chickens, I'm talking human chickens, and we say we can't. No, Christ is my life. I can open my mouth and speak because I don't have to fear this person's rejection because Christ is my life. He's at work in me. I have acceptance before God. And if the person doesn't like me, that's not abnormal. They didn't always like Christ. And I am sharing a message which is a message of death to them unless they respond positively. So I'll share Christ. Renewing in the mind. Finding our life to be in Christ. Some of us over the years or at points in time have been through physical trials. Most people make it through physical trials. But many don't live with Christ as their life. So you can live through a physical trial, you can endure it, or you can be fruitful. John Piper wrote the last chapter of a book dealing with physical trials, and it basically dealt with, don't waste your cancer. And he had had cancer and been through cancer, and he said, here's why you shouldn't waste your cancer. He was saying, live with Christ as your life. So what does that look like? You're going through a physical trial, or you're going to have a physical trial coming up, and you can say, oh, boy, I don't like this. I guess I'll make it through. I'll, I'll endure. See, that's not what God desires. He rather desires for you to be thinking, ah, physical trial, good. I can't make it through this. I can't be fruitful. I, by nature, resent them. I, by nature, want to run from them. But God, Christ is my life. I choose an attitude of joy. 
You're going to use this in my life to build perseverance and character. So you're laying there in the hospital and the nurse comes in and says, how are you feeling today? Oh, it's terrible. I hate this. Versus, doing pretty good. Hurting like crazy, but I'm doing pretty good. God's at work in my life. And you come through that and you look back and you think, you know, that was a good experience in that God worked in my life. You say, I can't have that kind of attitude in the midst of a physical suffering. I know you can't. I can't either. That's why God says you need to be helplessly dependent on Christ. God, I don't respond that way. I know you don't, but your life is in Christ. See, Romans 1 through 11 is what you have in Christ. Romans 12 through 16 is how you live that out. But living that out in a Helpless dependency. Another example from life. Just the whole issue of body life. Now, scripture talks about rebuking one another. It talks about encouraging one another. We may have more, a better time with encouraging than with rebuking, but let's focus on the rebuking. Do you realize that you at times are to rebuke other believers? There's a relationship there, and you see something in their life that is not on target. You're called to rebuke them, and you say, that's the pastor's job. No, it's the believer's job, not only the pastor's. I can't rebuke. Good. It's a good place to be. You can't. And if you try in your own strength, what are you going to do? You're going to make a mess of it. God, you tell me I'm to rebuke, Travis. I don't have anything specific in mind, Travis. God, you tell me to rebuke Travis. I have a relationship with Travis, and I see some things in his life that are not on target. I don't want to rebuke him. I'm chicken. God says, that's okay. I like to use people that don't want to do things. But you know, Christ is my life. We're part of the same body. God, I want to go in love and gentleness. May your spirit produce it in me as I go talk to Travis. I really care for him. And I may go up to Travis and shake it in my shoes, so to speak. But in obedience, in the Spirit of God, works. See, one of the best places to be in the Christian life is in the category of, I can't. That's when we realize Christ as our life and he's sufficient. Been married to Ruth Ann for over, 240, over 42 years. And uh, I still express to God quite often, God, I, I just can't love my wife. You say, you should have it all figured out now. I didn't say I didn't have some of it figured out. But if I think I can really love my wife because I've been married to her 42 years and got her figured out, I'm in trouble. Because in and of myself, I don't have the ability to love Ruth Ann. Christ is my life. That is why sometimes the longer people are married the more they struggle in their marriage because they depend less and less on Christ and more and more on themselves. 
See, I can say I got my wife figured out. I, if I do this and I do this and I do this, everything will be fine. But it's not done in a dependency upon Christ. And Ruth Ann's thinking, this guy really don't love me. He's going through the duty. So when Jesus says, unless you come to me as a little child, no one will enter the kingdom of God. He's talking about a helpless dependency. And that lived out day by day, as Paul says in Colossians 2, as you have received Christ, so live in him. Take one more example. All of us have to deal with the government in one way, shape, or form. Tax season's, you know, coming up soon. We all love to give our money to the government, don't we? Some people like Obamacare, maybe, and some may not like it. Some like those little signs along the road that say 55 or 35 or 25, and some people don't like them. You know, we're constantly bombarded with the government. How do we respond to that? Oh, did you hear the news today? This is what's going to happen now. I don't like it. Oh, did you hear what's happening? We're not only going to have nationalized health care, we're going to have a bunch of nationalized other things too. And your first response is, my God is sovereign. He's working out his will and purpose for his glory. So that's living in Christ. Acknowledging him as our life and the spirit produces his fruit in us. Before we sing together, would like for you to think about any questions you might have in light of our discussion. Now, am I making sense? Are you tracking with me? Or did I lose you back at the first bend? If you have some questions, we'll give opportunity for you to ask them <clears throat> after we sing several songs and have our offering. But I don't want the word of God to be up here. I want it to be lived out. So if you have any brief questions, we'll give opportunity for that as we sing together about what we have in Christ. <clears throat>